Predictions are dangerous. We absolutely need more inventory. The Fed doesn't actually have a lot of tools to regulate inflation. That cash has dried up. Wow, is my first thought, Bruce. If both parties don't win, it doesn't happen. The Real Look. Trending News. G'day. Today is Wednesday, August 16th. I'm Bruce Hardy, and this is the news you need to know. First, I just want to say our hearts and prayers go out to all those affected by the devastating fires on Maui this past week. An unbelievable tragedy. Things are continuing to heat up in Zillow Group's legal battle with discount brokerage Rex Homes as the September 18 trial date looms ever closer. Now, on Friday, Judge Thomas Zilli, the U.S. District Court judge in Seattle overseeing the lawsuit, issued a minute order denying in part and deferring in part Zillow's motion for summary judgment in the case. In mid-June, the three parties involved in the suit, and that would be Zillow, Rex, and the National Association of Realtors, all filed motions for summary judgment on at least some issues, if not the entire lawsuit. Now, originally filed by Rex in March of 2021, the lawsuit alleges that changes made to Zillow's website unfairly hide certain listings, shrinking their exposure and diminishing competition among real estate brokers. In January of 2022, NAR filed a countersuit claiming that Rex uses false advertising and misleading claims to deceive consumers in violation of the Lanham Act. But the countersuit was dismissed in late April of 2022. As we previously reported, in mid-May of 2022, Rex ceased its brokerage operations. Will Lemke, Willow's corporate communications manager, wrote in an email, we continue to maintain the claims made in Rex's lawsuit are without merit. Rex chose to use Zillow's services to advertise their for sale properties on Zillow for free. Zillow has consistently advocated for outdated rules to be changed to allow the broader display of all listings on all platforms, including for sale by owner, and listings from other companies like Rex. Zillow's business decisions were squarely focused on improving the data on our site and the experience for customers. We hope the court sees this suit for what it is. Rex seized upon Zillow's website design change to hide its own business failings. Now, we previously reported on this story. Really what it was, was Rex was looking to offer their listings without having to put them in the MLS and yet require that Zillow display them and give them the same priority that MLS listings do. And of course, once Zillow became a broker and joined the MLSs and they had to join NAR, they were bound to the rules of NAR. So this is going to be interesting to see. I find it fascinating that this business has gone out of business and yet they're still pursuing this lawsuit, obviously looking for a cash windfall. More publicly traded real estate companies reported second quarter earnings this past week. Compass reported that during Q2 of 2023, it had free cash flow of $51 million, which was an improvement from Q1 when free cash flow was a minus $59 million. Now, executives attributed this success to Compass's commitment to cutting operating expenses, which came in, wow, at $1.54 billion for the quarter. Now, a year ago, its Q2 operating expenses were $2.11 billion. $500 million is a big reduction, but boy, $1.54 billion in operating expenses. That's an expensive business to operate. 
While Compass may have been free cash flow positive for the quarter, the brokerage still reported a net loss of $46.9 million. However, this is an improvement compared to the $101 million net loss it reported a year ago. Now, the Real Brokerage Inc. announced its Q2 results. Revenue increased 65% year over year to $1.85 million. Gross profit increased 91% year over year to $17.8 million. And their adjusted EBITDA of $2.6 million compared to a loss of $583,000 in Q2 of 22. So it's fascinating to me. A lot of numbers. They're showing improvement in their revenue, right? And their revenue would be the amount of commissions generated by the company. Their gross profit is the money that they get to keep. And then they take their expenses out of that. So their net loss attributable to the owners of the company was $4.1 million, And that compared to $4.2 million from Q2 of 2022. That translated into a loss per share of $0.02, cents, which is unchanged from last year. Fathom Realty cut its losses during the second quarter, but the 100% commission brokerage remains well in the red with a net loss of $4.3 million during the quarter. However, that was an improvement over the $5.7 million loss logged during the first quarter. Fathom CEO Josh Harley said in a statement, During the second quarter, we achieved our goal of adjusted EBITDA break-even. We're proud of the tremendous progress we made in reducing our cash burn from over $5 million in Q4 of 2022 to less than $1 million in Q2 of 2023. Boy, cash burn. That's an interesting one. Now, the second quarter is historically the biggest quarter of the year in real estate. With all of those losses reported, it's going to be interesting to see how each of these companies fare in the coming quarters. Well, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics released July's Consumer Price Index number, which came in at 3.2% for the month. Now, this was a slight increase from the 3% CPI rate reported for June. Additionally, the core CPI, which strips out the highly volatile food and energy categories, also increased 0.2% to 4.7%. Now, household debt rose to $17.06 trillion, that's with a T, led by credit card balances. Now, total household debt rose by $16 billion last quarter, and that's according to the latest quarterly report on household debt and credit from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Now, credit card balances saw brisk growth rising by $45 billion to a series high of $1.03 trillion. First time, by the way, we've ever cracked a trillion in credit card debt. Other balances, which include retail credit cards and other consumer loans and auto loans, increased by $15 billion and $20 billion, respectively. Student loan balances fell by $35 billion to reach $1.57 trillion, while mortgage balances were largely unchanged at $12.01 trillion. Balances on home equity lines of credit, or HELOCs, were essentially flat as well. The outstanding HELOC balance stands at $340 billion. With average credit card interest rates now between 24 and 26%, we're going to have to watch to see what impact these balance increases have on the economy. I'm sure all of these numbers are going to impact the decision the Fed makes at their next meeting on September 13th. That's the news you need to know. Don't miss this Friday's Northern Lights episode where we'll interview Luke Gilbert with Keller Williams Realty Boise in Boise, Idaho. 
Thanks again for tuning in with us on The Real Look. This podcast is produced by Marissa Frost. Visit kwnwr.com to access the show notes from today's episode. Head over to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast to subscribe to The Real Look. And don't forget to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of all things real estate.